Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, crappy quiz and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and I'm joined as ever by former Ireland internationals Emma Byrne and captain slash columnist Karen Duggan. I had a few tweets today, Karen, asking me were there other people or other titles you were going to add to your name over the course of the year and I simply responded to say watch this space because you never know. Well, if you asked me after Wednesday's match against Shells, I would have said retired footballer, retired podcaster, um, full-time recluse. (laughs) I was quite glad that we had a a little bit of time between that match and the podcast because I felt like... I wouldn't have showed up. I wouldn't have showed up. (laughs) I hated football. (laughs) Anyway. How are you feeling after a couple of days? I'm not ready to talk about it anyway. Let's go. Let's talk about it. That's fine. To be fair, um, shells were good and we were very, very bad. So these things happen when that's how you play. What was your captain's words to the team after a match like that? Uh, Well, we have our first training after the match tonight, so I'm preparing them. (laughs) They're yet to come. I just imagine you there with your little like speech, all your little like notes written down, ready to go. (laughs) I don't think I'm quite that put together now. I think you're overestimate me. (laughs) <laughs> well, we won't. We will save you the pain of uh, having to talk too much about it because I, Appreciate I do. Under- having been with you on the podcast like a day or two after you've lost some of those matches, I, I, I know the pain that it has put <laughs> you through. And lucky for you, there is plenty of stuff happening that we can talk about. Besides, thank God, yeah. We have World Cup jerseys are starting to come out thick and fast. We have the US trip. For the Irish team this week, uh, I was at Vera Powell's press conference on Friday, which is very interesting. And we have some readers' questions or listeners' questions in as well to keep us entertained. Uh, and then later on the show, we will have Emma Carroll back with her classic team of the week. Um, no prizes for guessing which Irish person has made it into that team of the week this week. And we will also be looking back at all the games over the weekend um, I suppose just to give a bit of a preview to the games in the US this weekend. Um, first game is on Saturday Irish time, and then the second game is at I think it's half twelve Irish time, kind of Monday night into Tuesday morning. So that'll be a lot of fun for those of us that get up at six o'clock in the morning to go to work. Um, but we have the squad in a bit of uh, fear on. Was it Thursday morning? Yeah, after the Bayern Munich game that Katie would not be in it. But of course, we saw her play at the weekend and get that wonderful goal with the foot that she hurt. So not too bad. Um, But we had some questions in about the squad. There are some new faces in there. So first in your call up for Lewis goalkeeper is Sophie Whitehouse. 
Pima, it's Tara O'Hanlon and Shamrock Rovers, Alana McAvoy. Um, both O'Hanlon and McAvoy have represented Ireland at under 16 to under 19 levels, whereas Sophie, this is her first time in the um, Irish setup. And they were saying on Friday that she could have qualified for six different countries or something. She has quite a quite a, a lot of passports going around the place, but she decided to go with Ireland. Um, so yeah, one of the emails I got in that I wanted to put to you guys was from Alicia McLaughlin, who says she is a weekly listener and loves the show, which we always like to hear. Uh, saying she was surprised by some of the call-ups. She was surprised, at, particularly at McAvoy um, and Tara O'Hanlon, as uh, she has been watching her play this season. I think she's been very good. Um, but her question was, what do we think of WNL players being picked over the likes of someone like Izzy Atkinson, who is in the WSL, but not getting a whole lot of game time, it has to be said. Mm, interesting. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Um, I think that is a big question, like, which is better? Is it better to move away and be training at that higher standard or is it better to stay here and be confident and match sharpness? Um, I think it's dependent on the person, how you feel when you're not getting game time so I don't know Emma you probably have a view on it I mean I mean you've got the experience in in the league at home in Ireland but personally I think I would personally go with somebody who's moved abroad and is training full-time professional training with um, a high standard of player like at West Ham they've got really good players I, I would for someone who's in the WSL I'm not sure I would for someone who's in a lower league than that no 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 I'm, I'm talking about yeah. the top level yeah, in so the I, think Izzy is, <laughs> I think Izzy is probably hard done by but if you were picking someone who's regularly playing someone like say Tara I obviously train with her she's very very dedicated she's training every day of the week um she's the next for me she's the next big thing so picking her for me isn't a big shock um but not picking Izzy is <laughs> yeah I mean that's it I mean these girls have gone abroad to try and improve and um, they've made a big commitment in that moving away from home and I think in general if you move and you go you, you go to a pro- professional setup and you're training with these high quality players day in day out you're improving absolutely the game time is a little bit of a problem I'm sure they've had a conversation Vera and Izzy about how much game time she's getting, how she's feeling, etc. Um, but at the end of the day, you're training day in day out with these players. You're at a you're at a high standard. And plus, she came on, she did really well. I, I think she looks really lively. I think she should be getting more minutes. That's not her fault. I would definitely have included her in this squad. Seeing as we had a couple of drop, we had a dropout as well. Brought um, Lucy Quinn in. Um, I think Izzy can feel a little bit hard done by. But obviously- I also think Emily Whelan, I think just because she's in Scotland, she can feel a little bit hard done by. I feel yeah. like she's been ignored, but she's scoring goals and we don't have many people who are scoring goals regularly, week in, week out, even in the Women's National League. Yeah, so- nobody's really talking about Emily, is she? I yeah. mean, it's difficult because we get to see... I mean, she made her debut in 2020. She's three years older now. She's stronger. She went to Birmingham. Okay, that didn't work out brilliantly. She's probably too young, but she's scoring for Glasgow. So I think her name should be in the mix somewhere. Yeah, um, I mean, it's great to see the girls back home getting that experience as well. Don't get me wrong, but just because 
you move out of the country, it doesn't mean you should be forgotten about. And there are a couple of players, aren't there? That that there definitely <laughs> are. That has that are definitely not getting thought about. Which, which yeah, is and fine. I feel for them because if sometimes I think if they did come back to the women's national league and people are blowing them up on Twitter and their name is being spoken about, they would be given more of an opportunity. But it's the balance then, like they're abroad playing professional. They think they've made the right move because that's what they were told to do. But sometimes it just seems to backfire. I don't know. It's yeah, let's push, let's push it. The media need to get behind these girls. They need to be shown these games on Irish TV yeah. or streams so that we can watch them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's difficult though. But I, you know, I I really believe and I really encourage girls to move abroad to, to play professional because I think it's a huge advantage. Obviously, in some cases they can't do it, but if you do have an opportunity, you should do it. And um, and then obviously it's up to the manager to go and and keep an eye on them. Speaking of managers, keeping an eye on them kind of goes into one of the next requests, which is a little less serious. Uh, from at yo 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 you on uh, Twitter, said so not sure if this is just a North North American saying about concentrating on just sports, the game, the match, and nothing else. Will this just be a business trip? for the squad or will they visit the sites in Austin? Maybe go knock on Matthew McConaughey's front door and St. Louis sites as well. <laughs> what? I don't think they'll be visiting Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, I mean, when we've been, we haven't really done much sightseeing. We did a bit of shopping. That was nice. Yeah, we, we walked down the motorway to the here. shopping center that one time. That was about the height of it. But it does probably goes more to like a a wider question of like for me, I suppose, what does this tour actually signify for the team? Like is a are we are we looking for results? Are we looking to see how players are doing in certain positions and using it as uh, an opportunity to test the waters a little bit, which we know Vera Powell loves doing. First game results, second game give people game time, I would say. Um I don't think there's any point in bringing people out if you're not going to have a serious look at them. I know it's great to have a week of training together, but match situations are how you tell how players will get on against that higher standard. Um, so giving people ample game time in the second game, I think is really important. Um, but in the first game, it will be setting up how we're going to set up against Australia again, probably just keeping practicing that, keeping them at bay. And how's that going to be, Carol? <laughs> it's going to be painful to watch. But, I mean, we have to prepare ourselves for that. I mean, it's a it the the, the Americans love playing against us, don't they? We yeah. it's a it's a regular thing, really. We still yeah. go out there, and it is a great experience. It's just brilliant to go out there. Just the fans are are so passionate about football, soccer over there. Sorry, I should say soccer. Um, and it is a great experience for us, but it is everything now is business. There's no pleasure. They're going, it's going to creep up really, really quickly. Every game is really important for Vera to, to get her team sorted and, and to find the team that she wants to play in that first game. So obviously it's all about Australia, every single game now leading up to it. It's all about Australia. 
Very good. Well, we will have more reaction to those games um, later on once they actually happen and we can see how much we want to criticize Virapel's team selection this time around, which seems to be our common thread. Oh. Karen's already shaking her head for anyone don't listening. Don't criticize. We don't criticize. Podcast. Question. Constructive. <laughs> Constructive questioning. Um, the Koi Gang Podcast on OTV Sports is brought to you by Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Coming up next, we have our team of the week with Emma Carroll. Now we have our team of the week with the one and only Emma Carroll. Uh, I was teasing Emma as I was leaving the office today that I was like, hmm, I wonder what name is going to be on your team from the Irish squad. I can't think of anyone who might possibly make it on. And she told me no spoilers. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> safe to say, I think I was right, I guess, but I will let you run through your team anyways, Emma. We'll run through a force before we get there. Uh, D'Angelo, um, and I went for a 4 4 2 this week. So D'Angelo and goal. Surprisingly enough, Kate and McCabe, um, Ericsson, Letizia, and Bot at the back. Tankovic and Zellum in the centre of midfield with Galton and Manham out wide. And then Kerr and Shaw up front. Okay. Do we well, start why, with McCabe? Why D'Angelo? Why yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> no, I'm not um, saying it's a bad choice, but I'd like to know why. <laughs> I I thought she'd kept Arsenal in the game at one nil down. To be honest, I think there was a couple of chances. Maybe Shaw could have had another one as well. Um, yeah, there's a couple of chances, and then I just think she made a couple of good saves. And City could have been a bit further ahead had it not been for those saves. So, what right. do you think Arsenal about that swap games. out in such a big game? It wasn't a strange one, wasn't it? I don't like it. I mean, I just don't like it. Why? Why do it? I, maybe Zinsberger was injured. That's the only thing I can think of. She was struggling a little bit. I mean, it's a massive game. Mm. It worked out because they won. But if City had actually gone for it instead of sat off when they scored, uh, there would have been major question marks over that decision. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I think Arnold was could have been in with a shout as well for West Ham. Yeah, because she kind of got them that point, I would say, against Liverpool. Liverpool had probably the more clear-cut chances. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she was in with a shout, but we don't want to give them too much praise, anyone from that neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, and then obviously, McKay, the whole country and Arsenal fans went into meltdown when she went off the pitch against Bayern Munich and we were like oh no no it's happened she's gone World Cup in a boot Uh, and then like four days later and I was actually kind of going you know if it's not that serious maybe it might be good for her to have a little break she's played quite a bit in the last few weeks have a little bit of a break and come back but um, yeah my god what a goal goal yeah I mean she they thought it was broken they thought her foot was broken so you can imagine <laughs> like major panics no this is the worst time like Champions League coming up World Cup obviously more important 
Um, but no, she's made a hard stuff. Now we can just wrap her in cotton wool. Not she's gonna have the worst club ever. Oh yeah. I might have moved her over to the other side just to make space for Blundell. I thought she was good as well for United. A um, decent game, yeah. But yeah. I suppose the ball that Katie played that won them the corner that time was from the left back position. So she she's we'll put her anywhere. She was she definitely anywhere. anywhere. Like, let's be honest. Oh, 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 we're a bit loose on our technical rules with this <laughs> team of the best today. So. Yeah, I mean, it, I thought it would have been difficult to choose this eleven actually this week because there were a lot of kind of stand performances. Yeah. There was, was a bit a little bit stale, wasn't it? Um, not sure about Zellum either. I thought that was um. That was a bit of a poor game as well, to be honest. But very hard. Galton, the pitch was horrific. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Pitch was horrible. Galton definitely, she was quality. She when mm. you needed someone to step up, that was the player. Obviously, McCabe. I think Ericsson's been playing really well. I think she's proven a point, actually, because I think if uh, Millie Bright was fit, she wouldn't be playing. And yeah. she's just kind of like shown us why she should be playing. Letizia's class. Shaw is, that first half was ridiculous. She is the best player in the league. The best player in the league. When Kim Little's not playing, Bonnie Shaw is the best player in the league. It might be one of the best headed goals I've seen in a long time. It was such good build up. Like I, that first half from City, I was in awe. And then the second half, I was like, what? <laughs> what happened? Where are you going? Why are you sitting uh, back? Like, why? They were all over. Oh. They were like, Arsenal looked so afraid of them. They were just like shocked. They looked like they played an important game during the week. And that's exactly how they should have looked. And all City needed to do turn was... Turn And they were just turn the screw, go into another gear, which they could have because they weren't even like pushing. No, they were cruising it. Oh, yeah. And then a couple of injuries. Then Gary probably should have made a sub a little bit earlier than that. Brought brought Rasso on a bit earlier. You know, it was calling out. It was really screaming for a sub, but it's different. Um, Manum popped up as she has done frequently yeah. for Arsenal. So have her in. Uh, she's made the team of the week, but I think just because of how important she's been, that's fair. Yeah. Manum and McCabe have just been almost dragging Arsenal along. Yeah, like yeah. even during the week against Bayern, they were probably two of the best players as well. They're just standing lately. Like they're, I don't know. Like we've raved and raved about McKay, but is she like playing the best in the best form of her life at the moment? Like she's just the last well, three, four games. It's a little animal. Unbelievable. Mm. Do you know when she got that yellow card yesterday? I was sitting there. I was like, oh god, geez, she's gonna get sent off. I'm gonna have to say her during the week about all these yellow cards. <laughs> And she's still mouthing off at the ref. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. But then when it went into the second half, I was like, that's exactly what Arsenal needed. If they didn't have that little grit, I'm not going to say what she is, (laughs) but if they didn't have her on the pitch, they would have flaked because they were flaking. And it just seemed to be that little bite in her the the kicking out, the moaning at the ref. I'm not saying to do that, but I'm just saying like it kind of did Drag them along, as you say, Emma. It did, definitely, absolutely. I'd prefer if she was getting her yellows for tackles, though, because they're they're going to catch, they catch up on you eventually. Like, obviously, it's okay. She's missing the Everton game, probably. Should be okay. But maybe it's tactical. Yeah, not in the ninth. Everton game. Judging by Idaville's face, I don't think it was. Definitely not in the ninth minute in a game like that. (laughs) But when you're up against Chloe Kelly. Um, 
But yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I wouldn't a- take it away from her game, but yeah. there's a better way to get those yellow cards, I think. Just trying to wind her team up. And there's nothing worse if you feel like your team is, you know, being a bit weak and not in it and not at the races like it does. You end up, I mean, I've got all my yellow cards were for mountain up, to be honest. (laughs) Well, Emma, actually not too many disagreements for that team of the week this week. Um, We won't have you next week because of the international break, but I'm sure you will come up with something spectacular to keep us all entertained all the same. But thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now we move on to the fun part of the weekend, which was the games and the results. And I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious where to start in that battle between Arsenal and City, which we were just talking a little bit about with um, Emma Carroll there. I mean, didn't expect this at all. thought it was going to be a pretty safe result for uh, City, especially after everything that Arsenal went through during the week. City were unbeaten, 14 games heading into Sunday. Um, and I mean, chasing their first league title since 2016. Arsenal obviously had quite a few injuries and like knocks and just general tiredness after that 2-0 win over Bayern Munich. But I mean... Yeah, I don't really like the phrase, it's a game of two halves, but it does seem kind of accurate for this in the first half. Uh, the City easily should have had three or four goals and put Arsenal to bed, and I don't think they would have had a comeback. Yeah, I think it was the first half is probably the best half of football I've watched from a team in a long time. I really enjoyed watching them. Um City had so much time and space in midfield. No one was near Hasegawa. I thought that they really, Arsenal really missed Kim Little in there in the first half. Um, but Hemp missed two chances that she possibly should have put away. Or she'll be having um, nightmares about those 100%, especially. Yeah, on her good foot. So she'll be really disappointed with them. Um, and Arsenal were dying to get in at halftime 1-0 down. And they did because they kept themselves in the game. And Emma, will you try and explain what happened in the second half to City? Because... They were a different. They were a different team. I don't even think it was Arsenal where it got that much better until the first goal. No, I mean the first half City started, and I've been saying it for a little while now. City are one of the best footballing teams. They always, they always have been in the league, but they just haven't been able to connect. They were a new team. They've been a new team every single season, to be honest. Yeah. And it's just after Christmas they seem to connect well. Um, Taylor seemed to have found his team that he wants and he sticks with. It's the most consistent they've been this season with regards to the the starting team and the players that are on the pitch. And I think just with Laya playing, Laya Alexandri playing left back, she just does exactly what he needs in, in effect. Like she comes into midfield and creates that overload and she can play in midfield. So she's a midfielder playing left back um, and it really works for them. And just in the second half, you know, Pelova for Arsenal started to drift in a little bit. So that kind of counteracted the the overflow in midfield. And just City just sat back 
Shaw wasn't, you know, the same. She wasn't as aggressive in the first half and they weren't bringing her in. And big players for City just, they seem to, they don't seem to be able to to put it to bed, if you know what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. Hemp and Kelly are fantastic players. And we were talking about them at the start of the season being season being the best two wide players in the league they are still up there but for me they don't perform when they need them to perform they just don't do it and yesterday was a good example they should have been three nil up at halftime and then going for four in the second half but they just dropped off a little bit whether it was they were intimidated or whether they just you know they weren't getting past like hemp for example Maritz won a couple of those battles and that was it she struggled to get back in the game so it's just about those match winners and about being brutal and knowing how to to win and and basically to to push it over the line and Arsenal know how to do that even without Kim Little who is a big huge huge loss for them they know how to get back in the game and they know how to to finish things off and and in the end, they, they deserved it. And City can be really disappointed with that because that was a massive opportunity for them. And we spoke about that. We've already had this conversation about City, haven't we? About yeah. playing against United, playing against Villa. They just don't have that killer instinct. And I think it's interesting back. you say that as well because Gareth Taylor said after the game, the first half was some of the best stuff we played. We should have had more than the 1-0 at halftime. But we said if 1-0 has to be enough, then make it be enough. And I was like strange thing to say like it's one thing if you ground out a 1-0 win and it's been a really really tight battle for the entire thing but like City were well on top and he should not have been satisfied coming in after that half that they were only 1-0 up or that that team only had one goal in them I mean that basically he's saying if we're going to win one if we're 1-0 up then we have to be able to maintain that 1-0 lead which means defensively basically but they should have been going for it because they had them on the ropes, absolutely on the ropes. And it's just little mistakes again. I mean, Ellie, I don't know if Ellie Roebuck organises her corner, but if I were in goal and Arsenal had two on the ball and Kate McCabe is coming in off her left foot, it's going to be... Like, recognise the players that are out there. Yeah, recognise the players that are out there. If it's two right-footers out there, maybe you just put one and they can slow them down but Katie coming in on her left and she got into the box It's it wasn't just like and in a 2v1 like she's yeah. going to get into the box and she's going to get in a goal scoring position and you do not want her taking a shot from that position especially when you have traffic in the area it's really difficult to, to follow the ball to get to the ball so that was their mistake that was a big mistake but it, it, it was more than that they just they weren't able to kill the game off when they should have been going for it and those silly mistakes can't make those you have to hit the target Champions League is a great example of that. If you don't score in those, you're losing all the time. It doesn't matter if you're not if you're playing Leon, PSG, if you're playing Bayern Munich, you're going to lose. You have to take your chance. Real Madrid if you're a city. <laughs> Real Madrid. Well, they should have learned from that, shouldn't they? <laughs> um, but yeah, this standard, the league, the way it is now, you have to take those chances. You don't get away with it anymore. Mm. Well, arguably, the international break is probably coming at an all right time for Arsenal in terms of those big matches between the league and the Champions League and also Caitlin Ford going off after 36 minutes and Kim Little out for a little bit as well with her injury. So they'll be happy enough to take the week or two to kind of 
get the team back together. I think their first match back is the semi-final against Wolfsburg as well. They don't go into the league. So it's going to be a, an interesting run-in for them over the next couple of weeks. Uh, looking elsewhere, we had Brighton nil, Man United 4. There's now Brighton due to have two games in hand, but this result did put them in the relegation zone. First time Leicester haven't been there since pretty much the start of the season, which is... A testament to what they've actually been managing to do over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, still no manager at Brighton. Can't stop conceding. And relegation is a real worry for them now. United just kind of doing their routine thing at this stage. I feel like they've lost a little bit of the spark or maybe or something that they had earlier parts of the season. And I don't know if that, do they feel like they're kind of on the back foot with the title race, even though technically with the way results have been going, it could go anywhere. If they've lost their spark, there's something wrong with these girls, honestly. They're in a great position to win the league, but it did look like that. I'm looking at the game and I'm thinking, this is so strange for me. Mm -hmm. At this time in the season, I would have been like an absolute lunatic on the pitch. Like if they look like they're a little bit, lackluster they're a bit slow we're not we're playing against Brighton they should be hammering them they should be keeping the momentum going they should be building on it they should be finishing the season so strong considering what's happened to them over the last two seasons because it can still happen to them like they're on they're they're at the top of the league but they could still end up fourth like easily so for me it's a little bit strange to see that again it's you're talking about a team without that experience of going and being absolutely lethal, being horrible, finishing off games. I know it sounds a bit strange because they won four 0 in the end, but it. Well, that's you know, the thing. Like if you look at the result, you would think it was kind of comfortable for, them. and it was comfortable, but it, it was. was but they like, have more in the tank. It was, yeah. But that's because it was bad conditions, and Brighton were very poor. But I yeah, mean, they... it was one nil up until the sixty fifth or sixty sixth minute. And similar me, last week, they were didn't get going until the second half and they won four in a last week but you can't afford to be lackluster in the first half when it comes to when they have to play Arsenal you know that that's a crucial game for them and you know what like it's not even about you know it doesn't matter they still won four nil no mentally you want to be playing against the opposition if if Arsenal are watching this game they're like we're not really worried about United. I think we can beat them. But if United went out there and absolutely destroyed them and playing how they should be playing, mentally you've won a battle before you even play the big teams like like Arsenal and City. And it was like when Chelsea were putting nine past people last season. It's a statement. Yeah, statement. Statement. <laughs> Karen, where do you feel like United are at in this run? And I know Emma said that the team should really be shown some players are I mean like Leah Galton particular had a good match I thought so like yeah. there are still some players in there but yeah and Garcia like... came on and got her goal as as she does <laughs> super sub Garcia <laughs> yeah um I'm less confident after seeing how good City can be City let the Arsenal game slip by them um Arsenal have proven that they can beat the likes of City even when they're not playing well and Chelsea keep winning. So I'm a, yeah, like they're top of the league. So like the hope is there, but based on the levels that the teams are reaching in terms of their performance, like the other teams are, would instill more excitement in you than what United are at the moment. Um, 
like yeah I, I was like is it a good result that City lost that game for United just to have someone kind of dropping off in terms of the points race but I just I don't think City will lose again they're so good a bit of smoke up them <laughs> I think so I don't know I don't know fingers are crossed but it's not- kind of hard because apart from City going into this weekend who are obviously on that 14 game unbeaten run Everyone else had kind of had a bit of a slip and you were like, you wouldn't really put it past anyone. And if, I, if there was a team that was going to go on a run, I kind of thought it might have been City because that's where they were already at. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting final few weeks and I'm glad for it because it makes life far more interesting. It is. It's, it's actually so exciting. Like the, the title race is really, really exciting this year. Um, and the fact you have Chelsea and Arsenal in the Champions League as well. Chelsea also have the FA Cup. The, Aston Villa they play isn't it in the next round yeah and United at Brighton I wonder I wonder if it has anything to do for United I wonder if it has anything to do with players not committing in their contracts it sounds a bit strange but I know there are definitely two big players that are probably going to move on from United and I just wonder is there anything there to do with that I mean as in they wouldn't be gutted if they didn't make Champions League no, it's like if you've coming towards the end of your season, they're not going to be there next season. Like, do you have that passion to try and get over the line? No, but do you not also say individually, I want to make, put in the best I can to get the best. <laughs> we do, Carol. The Irish do. <laughs> but, I yeah. know what I think, but it just some, you know, when I'm watching them play, I'm like, why are you not going in for that tackle? Why are you why are you not like being more direct? Like you look like you're slowing the game down. You should be trying to just build things, you know. I don't know. I think we'll, there's any, any name names. Name names. <laughs> any World Cup fear, having seen the amount of ACLs and injuries in general this wow. season. You can't play with fear. If you kind of pull out with tackles and stuff, you're more likely to get injured, I think. Mm. So yeah, I no. Thought so. I don't think so. I th- I think it's I don't know. It's a bit strange. I think we're just made of different things. Like we're just made up of different things. We'd we'd be just trying to push it at Arsenal. It didn't matter who we were playing. It didn't matter if we'd already won the league, to be honest, which we had done sometimes weeks before we would still want to, you know, go out and play the best football and play rapid passing and try and score as many as we can. Um, and maybe they are, but they just look a little bit tired, a little bit demotivated, which doesn't make sense at this time. Let's just say it was the pitch and they'll be brilliant when they come back after the international break. All right, it was pitch. The pitch. Yeah. We're Whatever still going to make it. You had a bad week last week, so we'll let you have it. Um, Aston Villa, <laughs> nil, Chelsea, three. Uh, first time Aston Villa had not lost or failed to score since January 26th, so it's been quite a run for them. Hmm. It was a poor game, wasn't it? It was... It was... Villa, I just um, I felt a bit bad for Villa because it a- after the game I was like, oh, this is poor from Villa. But actually, looking back on it, they did have chances. And realistically, what Villa do is they score their chances. That's how they've they are where they are. They're very very good. They're very clinical, and they didn't. And um, mm. thought it was the first game I actually said Dali is having a bad game here. She's not playing well. She was giving the ball away. Her positioning, um, her receiving priorities, just little things that she's usually really good at. I'm thinking that she's just having a poor game. Chelsea were very good in the press. 
And of course, Stanford was playing out of position, just little things that just didn't go their way, really, which is a shame because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ward and how she sets up and how they play. And um, and I wanted them to do well. But at the end of the day, Chelsea as well, very good at pressing, really good individual players, you know. Yeah, I thought Stanford in particular playing out of position made a big difference for them. Um, it just oh. didn't. Oh, what did you think of the first goal though? Because the ball was headed down to okay, the keeper, but Ericsson bashed into her. Oh, Ericsson, Ericsson was also people. offside. So when the ball was played, Ericsson was offside, then she bashes into the keeper, and obviously they put it in an open net. Yeah. For me, I mean yeah. they were offside. I didn't even notice that, but I did I was just focused on the keeper. It's a foul. She didn't touch the ball. Yeah. She knocks over the keeper, so it's a foul. I mean, we've seen what what should have been fouls on keepers, what shouldn't have been fouls, but yeah. this was this was a definite foul. I mean, and it resulted in a goal. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely a foul. I mean, nobody agreed with that on the commentary, but I was like, well, that's a foul for me. I'm sorry, yeah, I thought it was blatant. I thought it couldn't have been more blatant. To be honest, and I usually wouldn't give the keeper the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in the union, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not always uh, in favour of of the keeper. But yeah, it was a definite fail, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard and to come then, back from one 0 against Chelsea. Then so it, it is, and yeah. I mean, Royton's goal was absolutely quality. Yeah, it was quality finish from her. So yeah, yeah. it was a little there. It, it was a difficult night for Villa and I hope that they can look at that and say it was a difficult night. Chelsea were very good and actually we did have chances and turn it around because the, these kind of games can change your season. Yeah, I think Chelsea probably obviously deserve praise as well. I mean, they played on Thursday as opposed to the Wednesday and they went extra time and penalties. And What a game, by oh. the way. <laughs> what a game. Incredible it game. was flipping breathless, like by the end of it. I was producing the show like on off the ball the next morning and I just everyone texted me being like, we want to go to bed. We're tired, but this is like such a good game. We want to talk about it in the morning. What do we do? Yeah. Oh, I mean. Last second of the game. Last second. And not only that, just the build up of the game, what was happening with um, Lauren James got taken off. Is she going to play? All this kind of stuff. Last second of the game, Lauren James. I'm like, where is she going? Where are you going with that ball? Like, put it in. You've got one second left. Pop it back in. And the playing penalty as well. And you know what? The the I can't remember the name of the Leon player that gave the penalty away. She was always going to give something away. Like, she was so bad at tackling and tracking back. I don't know why they were dragging her back into the box to defend as well. I was like, she's a liability in the box. But what a game. Absolutely brilliant. No, it was a great round of Champions League matches, I have to say. It had all the sort of jeopardy that you wanted, especially between the Bayern Munich one and then the Chelsea game as well. Down the bottom of the table, we had Leicester 2, Reading 1. Leicester got their winning goal halfway through 12 minutes of injury time. So... Once again, drama. Uh, Leicester had 19 opportunities, whereas Reading had only created nine. And it's the first time, as I said earlier, since September that they are not in the relegation zone. So, again, yeah. Reading two games in hand, but uh, Leicester were full worth for their win. Um, they controlled the possession, they had chances. And in the 96th minute, Reading gave their Jones space in the box. So, you deserve to lose. <laughs> No, they did. I have to say, 
Keeper should have done better as well. I mean, the ball wasn't going in that fast and it was it was pretty central. Grace. <laughs> Are you talking about Grace there? <laughs> um, I mean, just in general, Reading, I thought it was a poor game from them. They were making basic mistakes. They weren't getting tight enough. And and in credit to you know to Leicester, I actually would feel a little bit bad for them if they did get relegated because I think they've been playing really good football mm-hmm. since uh, Willie Kirk went in there. And not that I hope anyone goes down, but I hope they stay up because I think they're, yeah. they're improving all the time. Yeah. If they had had been able to get a few more goals, converse some of their possession a bit more earlier in the season, I think we would see them ahead of where Reading are at the moment. But yeah, they might just run out of road, unfortunately, but we'll see. The other two wouldn't inspire confidence. Brighton or Reading wouldn't exactly make you think that it's a done deal that Leicester are going down. See, this is the thing. Like, they just need one or two more results to go their way, which, like, isn't totally unheard of or unlikely to happen with the way the other teams are playing. Brighton don't have a coach at the moment, you know, have been on a downward trajectory. Reading also not playing great. Could happen. Spurs could still go on a complete capitulation. They lost (laughs) 2-1 to Everton at the weekend. Um, Spurs want this season to end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) More than anyone. Both the men's club and the women's club. Everyone, uh, <laughs> call it off. Um, the whole place is like, just shut it down, end it here. <laughs> we don't yeah, need it. They've lost 11 of their last 12. I didn't realize it was that bad. But that's bad. Yeah, no, it's not a good time for them. And then elsewhere, we also had West Ham nil, Liverpool nil. Uh, first points for West Ham since the 5th of February, which I didn't realize that they had lost so many games in between. Um, and they're also they're doing a lot worse in terms of their scoring this season. They haven't scored in seven games, which is already in what they didn't score in all 22 fixtures last season with five rounds left to go. So a difficult time for those clubs, but we shall stay tuned to see what happens. Exciting close ties at the top and the bottom of the table at the moment, uh, which is what we love to see. Would possibly throw up maybe a bit of an argument for... One down, two up, or two down for the relegation zone just to kind of keep things a little bit more interesting and not just have the one team suffering. But we'll save that one for another day. For now, that is it for the show today. We have the US Women's National Team game against Ireland at the weekend, obviously, and on Tuesday. So we will be bringing some sort of reaction to you from that. But for now, we will bid you adieu. Emma, Karen, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. See you all next week. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.